Good morning. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians, and just kind of hold on to that spot for a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are all grateful uh, in our house, in our home, that Sam favors Ashley um, with just about everything, Uh, the way he looks, the way he acts, uh, it was a real blessing in our home. Except for one thing. Well, two things, two things. But one thing uh, that's pertinent to today. Uh, his feet. His feet. Now, I don't wear flip-flops very much. I, I, and I don't wear, I've, I have before. I mean, I've worn them here. Uh, I don't wear them very much for two reasons. Number one, I don't really like the feel. You know, my my they need my feet need a house. Um, but the other one is there we go. We got one amen, and we're talking about flip flops. Imagine what we're going to get into today. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, my feet are they work, okay, work. But I'm not going to be a foot model anytime soon. All right, that's not going to be my other job. Uh, Sam, though, inherited my feet, poor kid. Uh, although, I, I'll tell you, I don't look at his feet as, as ugly, okay? In fact, when he was born, I couldn't get off of his feet. I loved his little toes, little tiny toes, particularly his, his little toe, his baby toe, when he was born, that God wouldn't forget something like that, you know? I thought it was fascinating seeing his toes. And he gets a chance to run and jump and kick and all kinds of things because of these feet. In fact, some people, due to uh, an illness in their life or, or other reasons, have actually had to lose their feet, right? Or, or a foot or a part of their, their foot. But what makes the foot beautiful, at least in Sam's life, is what he does with it, what he's able to do with it. That's why your feet are beautiful. Um, I think that's what we should do. We should just show everybody our feet right now. That's not. But your feet are beautiful based upon what they do, what they can do, and uh, just the gifts, one of these wonderful gifts that God has given us, feet. Today we want to take a break, just a short pause from our lesson uh, on Saul, the fall of Saul, and I want us to be reminded of the various missions that we support in the church. Now, before you automatically turn to Matthew 28, don't worry about it, that's why I want you to go to 2 Corinthians first, because we're going to go from 2 Corinthians, but I want us to be reminded of the missions that we support. Um, All of these missions can be supported in a number of different ways. And we support these missions in a number of different ways. Sometimes it's manpower, sometimes it's financially, uh, sometimes it is actually going and being the boots on the ground. I want to do this this year once a quarter. This is put into the schedule. I want to do this once a quarter just so we don't forget that the church, our church, and the church around the world isn't just inside of four walls that it extends and it moves and it goes and it makes impacts throughout the world and throughout time. 
One of the things I want to remind us of or bring to our attention are just some of the various missions that we support. First of all is our Central Brazil mission. Uh, this was going to be a trip uh, earlier this year, but we weren't able to do that. Um, and uh, we will eventually do that again. I know I've got a CBM slide up there. They must have taken a break. They're out there. They're out getting some coffee. There it is. Not that I was talking to you guys. I was just, I was just rambling. Um, but uh, we have a chance to support our Central Brazil mission, and we were able to give them uh, 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 financial uh, support last year. And, of course, we do that often, but we also go to Brazil, and we serve in the Amazon or serve along the Amazon River with Earl and Ruth Ann Hobner. Now, the Central Brazil mission is going to be our mission for uh, this coming Vacation Bible School this year. This year it's gonna, is in July. And we're going to focus on the Central Brazil mission. Another mission that we support quite extensively is Glenn and Jessica Shady. And that's the French Christian Mission. And the French Christian Mission is conveniently located in France. We gave, uh, we uh, support them financially. Uh, and we also pray for them and talk to them. We get updates from them on a regular basis. I never knew that France was in such a need for Christianity for people who follow Jesus. None of us think about that kind of stuff when we think about first world countries. And yet, once you get into some of the detail and some of the actual numbers that France is suffering with, we get down to the singles of percentages in evangelical churches in all of France. Uh, it is a hub for different systems and theologies and systems of beliefs around the world. And because of that, it is a hub of destruction. It's a hub of destruction. And so it's so very important to have a presence in France. And Glenn and Jessica teach people about Jesus. Sometimes, though, uh, we want to get a little bit closer to home. And closer to home is, uh, you know, supporting our local missions and our local ministries. Uh, Shine FM is certainly one that we love and we support. Uh, this for, for I, I like all these missions, but this is probably one of my favorites because it is something that we utilize every day. It's a wonderful thing to get in your car and turn on the radio, and no matter who's in your car, you can listen to whatever's on the radio. You know, people are worshiping Jesus, glorifying Jesus, and a message is given. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an Aerosmith and an ACDC fan myself. Uh, I, I can't always play that, right? Uh, but... Maybe I shouldn't play it at all. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a discussion for another time. But uh, you can listen to uh, beautiful music and wholesome music that talks about Jesus Christ. I, I, I am particularly fond of music ministries. Music was one of the things uh, when I was younger, about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that kind of woke me up again um, uh, to serve Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, we support Shine FM, uh, but also close to home is Block Ministries. Not only is that in Cincinnati, but Amanda Rogers works with Block Ministry. I and mean, if you know Amanda Rogers, she was worshipped here at this church, and she was sent, and she works in the mission field down in Cincinnati, helping and caring for young women in that area. We had the opportunity to go and see this. I mean, we were there. We watched it. Uh, and, and saw the process that they used and all of the things they put into this ministry down in Cincinnati. And they really have got a, a, a very good system down there to have some effects. They've got a plan and they have a mission. 
We also do some other things in town and around the village. We serve uh, Russellvania. We continue to serve at our daily bread, and we offer things certainly around Christmas time to those people who have very little. Uh, New Path Pregnancy Center. This is something in uh, Bell Fountain, and it, it supports and cares for, we say, young women who are pregnant and, 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 and don't have anywhere to turn and don't know what to do and don't know what to say, and, 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 but it also supports men who have, been, uh, who have a child and, and are not married and need help and need direction and need assistance. In fact, when you leave here, if you haven't already, you can get one of their uh, notices that was just dropped off the other day, the Walk for Life, that's coming up. And uh, it's coming up in May, and so I encourage you to be a part of that. This is another way that you can support a very good mission and one that provides a great deal of help and assistance, but also peace to young mothers and young fathers around this area. We support Ides and we support dirt. Ides and dirt. Now, Ides is usually, thanks to Shakespeare, is connected with death, the Ides of March, but this Ides is connected to life. This is the International Disaster Emergency Service. It works uh, out of Indiana, but it works all over the world. And this was started back in about 1970, uh, working through and with Churches of Christ and Christian churches. DIRT is in southwestern Ohio, and many of you have participated in that. They go around the country. Whenever there's a disaster, whenever people need help, they say we can help. And people in this church have helped the disaster response team. What I like about so many of these missions and so many of these ministries uh, in fact, every one of these that we've mentioned so far, at some point, you can call up and go in and talk to whoever is in charge. I love that. I love it. You can walk in the office, even if it's down in Cincinnati, even if you want to call up Glenn in France, even if you want to talk to Earl, clear down in Brazil, you can talk to the person themselves and say, what do you need? How can we help? How are things being used? It's an accountability thing. And we do that all the time, and we get reports from all of these missions all the time, and they go through our missions team that cares about this and focuses on these things. Other things that your children might participate in is weekday religious education. These are the trailers you see going around to different schools in the county, and in an area, uh, I should say in a world where Jesus Christ is so rarely taught, they continue to teach Jesus and have people exposed at a young age to the beauty and wonder of Jesus Christ. I participated in those things when I was younger, and it's still going on today. Uh, there were some things I understood and some things I didn't understand, but it piqued my curiosity, again, to continue to know who Jesus is. We also support the International Conference on Missions. We're doing that right now. Here's the really cool thing. That's coming to Columbus in 2022, November 3rd, 2022. One of the ways that they go to various cities is to call the churches around the cities and say, hey, we're going to be in your neighborhood in two years. Can you guys give over the next two years to help us fund the International Conference on Missions? If you've never been there, this is the time to go, November 3rd through the 6th in 2022. Don't worry, I'll let you know about that later as it gets closer. You don't have to remember that. And then, of course, something that I participated in and many of you participated in, and that's the camps around the area, Christian camps, Christian camps, people who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We continue to support those uh, through people and through funds and through things at the end of the year. We send people to 
uh, believe in Jesus, to know about Jesus. But those camps, by the way, all of these camps are staffed by the churches that have that week of camp. And so we can participate in those ways as well. We give camp scholarships. A couple years ago, we gave a little over $2,000 to kids in this church that wanted to go to a Christian camp. Last year, we didn't give much uh, because camps weren't going on. Uh, but this year, of course, we'll give money again to kids who want to go to camp and learn about Jesus. I went to camp, and, uh, well, you see how I turned out. So, you know, you determine whether or not your kids want to go to camp. And we continue to buy Bibles for kids, and we continue to offer scholarships and things like that. We've offered some scholarships to kids going to college. Um, the missions team has various things here and there that they can do and they want to do. And so all of these are some of the missions that we support. It, it is there to open your eyes. It is there to help you realize and understand that the church is much bigger, much broader than what we see on Sunday morning. These people know the Russellvania Church of Christ by name, and, and it's my hope that you begin to know them, all of these wonderful missionaries that are on the ground. But more than that, it's my hope that missions are important in your life as they're important to the church. Without the church, the mission of Christ doesn't work. Without the church, the mission of Christ doesn't spread. And today we get to see exactly what that mission is in 2 Corinthians. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you for who you are and for what you are. We thank you, Father, that you continue to work through this church, that you continue to help us, that you continue to help others through this church and this body. And so we thank you for the love that you've given us and the opportunity that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, usually attributed to Francis of Assisi is this line, and you've heard it before, preach the gospel at all times, when necessary, use words. Now, I've looked and I've looked and I've looked and I've studied and studied and I've hunted and hunted and I've asked questions and asked questions and at no place, at no time, can I actually find him actually saying those words. I think it's just attributed to him over the years. But what he does say is this, it's no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. It's no use walking, going, and showing to tell the message of Jesus Christ unless that message is integrated into our lives, unless that message is shown out of our very existence. And so we begin to see that the mission work of the church involves not just saying and not just going, but also living, existing as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So I'll ask you this, what are missions? What are, what are missions? And not only what are missions, maybe you can ask the question, what is a Christian mission? Or what is the Christian mission? See, that's what we want to finally get to. What is the Christian mission? We're Christians, preacher. We're sitting here in church. Just, just skip the other two questions. Tell us what the Christian mission is. Well, the answer to the first question from my friends, Miriam and Webster, I get a lot of answers from them. It's a great commentary. You, ought, you can see this, a specific task with which a person or a group is charged. That's a mission. And I think we can all get on board with that. We understand that that's what a mission is. What is a Christian mission? And again, we can look at a secular definition, a ministry commissioned by a religious organization to propagate its faith. That's what we do or to carry on humanitarian work. Well, that's what our missions do around the world. Absolutely. I can get on board with that. But what is the 
Christian mission? What is the Christian mission? And if you've accepted Christ and you don't know the answer to this, I'm talking to you today. You better pay attention. You better know it. You better write it down. Because if you've accepted Christ and you don't know your mission, if you don't know the mission of the church, what are we doing? What have I been doing? What have you been doing? What's our mission? What's the Christian mission? And I don't want to get into Matthew 28. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here we have to leave Miriam and Webster and see what Scripture tells us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, Paul writes this, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live, listen closely now, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one that we come in contact with From a worldly point of view, what is Paul seeing them as? A spiritual point of view, an eternal point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this same way, we're not doing that any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Here's what you want to underline. And gave us, you and me, and the apostles, and the church, and anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled, has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I wonder if anybody has ever asked you, what are you? What are you? You know, many times we want to go to what we do, right? Our work, you know, uh, where we go and have our jobs and things like that. That's not the kind of answer Paul would give. I don't think that's the kind of answer Jesus wants us to give as the church of Jesus Christ around the world. What are you? I am a representative of Jesus Christ. How dare you say such a thing? No, not at all. That's the whole point. If you're going to profess the name of Jesus Christ, you are a representative of Jesus Christ around the world, and you have a mission. What is that mission? To spread the message of reconciliation. That's it. To spread the message of reconciliation. Is your mission to do right and to do good all the time? That's helpful. That's beneficial. That's a result of your salvation, but that's not your mission. Is your mission to go to church all the time? That's good, and you should, and that's a result of your salvation, but that's not your mission. Your mission is to pass along the message of reconciliation. You see, this is one of the reasons why we have a hard time participating in and living missionally. Because sometimes we think that our job is to save people. Sometimes we think that our job is to answer questions about the complexity of God. That's not our job. That's not your job. That's not my job. Our job is to pass along the message of reconciliation. 
of God being drawn back to man through Jesus Christ. Well, there's a lot of questions that come along with that. Hey, don't worry about this. I'll give you John's phone number. Give him a call. Because our job is to pass along the the message of reconciliation. The Christian mission is to proclaim, to show, to teach, and to support Jesus Christ giving His life for mankind. And you find yourselves in a very fortunate position. Why? Because this is good news. This is good news. I'll tell you, it's amazing how much we want to keep good news to ourselves sometimes. In fact, we'll sit down and talk about bad news around the table, in the office gossip. We'll be all about bad news. And we don't want to talk about good news. This is good news. You tell me something good or something good happens to me, I can't wait to tell somebody. This is news that is life, that brings life. Put it this way, you're the doctor. You're the doctor and you've just gone through surgery. And surgery was either successful or unsuccessful. Now you've got to confront the family. Doctors do this all the time. It's got to be a difficult thing to say when they're bringing bad news. Bad news is death. But the doctor also gets the chance to bring good news. And the good news is life. Church, you and I have the chance to tell good news. Now, I have no doubt that sometimes that doctor will tell good news. And the family receiving that good news might say to themselves or say to the doctor, hold on, hold on a second, I I, I don't understand. I mean, he was in bad shape when he came in here. I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what you're saying here. I can't process that. Well, yeah, sometimes that's what people say when you tell them the good news about Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I can't process that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. A family member may say, after good news, I've got to see for myself. I've got to see for myself. I've got to go in to the operating table. I've I got to see. I've got to talk to them. Well, we get that a lot. When we tell about the good news of Jesus Christ, I can't see it, and so I don't believe it yet. But the point is, the doctor still gets to give good news. The missionary gets to give good news. You, living living missionally throughout your life, get to bring, get to give good news. Romans 10, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. It's not what your feet look like. It's what you do with them. It's not what you look like. Thankfully, right, Jim? It's what you do with it. It's not even what the church looks like. It's not what this room looks like. It's what you do with it. How beautiful are the feet? How beautiful is the mind? How beautiful is the heart? 
How beautiful is the believer in Jesus Christ? I got one for you. How beautiful is the mom? How beautiful is the dad? How beautiful is that person who brings good news, who serves Jesus Christ, who lives out their mission, lives out their ministry? You guys, one of these days we're going to have to go into deep study, okay? But there's, there's going to be a day when your eyes are going to be opened, our eyes are going to be opened to what is actually beautiful and what is not. And it's the beautiful things that God blesses. It's the beautiful things that serve Jesus Christ. Now we see that the mission field can and should be anywhere. So we can support these missions, these specific missions that this church engages in, and we should continue to do that. But you can support your own mission, your own ministry, your own message of reconciliation through and with the people you interact with. Why do we do it? Why specifically do we do it? Number one is this, we do it out of obedience to Jesus Christ, and that obedience comes from our love for Christ, which in turn drives a love for others. This, that, that, that comes to those we know and those we don't know. This love for Christ drives us, moves us into a love for others. And if we love Christ, then we obey Him. Those are the words of Jesus Himself. You want to know why Paul lived a missional life? Paul was a missionary. People say he's the greatest missionary ever. I don't know about that, but I know he was a missionary and he was a good one. Paul lived a missional life out of his obedience for Jesus Christ. You want to know what this led him to? We've talked about this before, but I want to listen to his words. Romans 9, 1 through 4, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying to you, okay? My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Listen, for I could wish that I myself would be cursed and cut off forever from Jesus Christ for the sake of you, for the sake of my people talking about the Israelites who rejected Jesus. See, that's why Paul lives missionally. If it were possible, says Paul, I would separate my eternal self from Jesus Christ. If in some strange way, that would save your life in Jesus. I don't think I would say that to anybody. Not where I'm at now. I don't think my love runs that deep. Paul's did. Because of his love for Christ. Because of his obedience to Christ. It's the most fascinating line in Scripture. I would give up my own eternity if I could save you. And yes, he's talking about the Israelites, but he's not talking about people he knows personally. He's talking about strangers. That's what it means to live missionally. That gets us to this place of living missionally. That's what genuine love looks like because of his obedience and love for Jesus Christ. And this for people he knows, but also for people he doesn't. 
Look, Paul knew his suggestion was impossible, but that doesn't change this aching desire that's trying to be expressed, that everyone, particularly in this case, the Jews come to know Christ. That's why we do it. What about who? Who participates in these types of things? Who participates in mission work, whether it's around the world or whether it's in your backyard? Who is called to such responsibility? Those, we've already learned, who are ambassadors for Christ. Now, we get hit right in the gut. Now, we get confronted with the question. Our job is to share Christ, show Christ. We are sharing the message of reconciliation that we have received. So, we're confronted with this serious question when confronted with living missionally. Am I an ambassador for Jesus Christ? Yes or no? We don't like these questions, do we? We we avoid these questions at all costs. Am I an ambassador? Do I represent Jesus? Yes or no? If I'm not an ambassador for Jesus Christ, if I don't represent Jesus in my life and I don't want to represent Jesus in my life, and you're hearing my words right now this morning, you've got to ask the question, have I even accepted Jesus in my life? And the question may be no. We're on that journey. That's why I'm here, preacher. I want to know more about Jesus. Because when we accept Jesus Christ, we learn already from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. Again, then a reminder in the same passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 15, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Full disclosure, I have no clock up there, so I'm just going until somebody throws something at me. On the other hand, If we are ambassadors for Christ, then we, like Paul, have a responsibility to live our lives missionally. Whether it's with the co-worker at work or your family or your spouse or it's a mission across the world. To desire that all be reconciled to Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, especially those that we have the opportunity to influence, especially those that we have the opportunity to interact with. Where do we do it? Well, it starts at home. It starts around your own table, church. It starts around your own table. That is your primary number one mission field. It starts around your own table. It starts with your family. It starts with your spouse. It starts with your children to pass on this message of reconciliation. But it shouldn't end there. Now it moves out of your home into your friends and into your acquaintances and into your co-workers. We haven't even mentioned across the world yet. Are these immediate people in your home or in your family more important than everybody else? No, they're not, but they're there, and so are you. They're there, and so are you. And if we don't live missionally before those who are right in front of us, don't think for a second we're going to live missionally around the world. That's just a pipe dream. There was a sequence that Jesus used as he's sending out the disciples in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem. And then in Judea and Samaria. And then around the world. You start where you are. And you move out from there. So how do we do this? Number one. And I've actually ranked these in importance. I don't have them on the screen, but you can write these down. These are actually ranked in importance of how we do this. I don't usually do that. Number one is prayer. Prayer. 
you got to talk to God about living missionally. You have to talk to God about being an ambassador for Christ. You have to talk to God about supporting missions in your life. you got to ask the question, is this for me? Do I care about these people? And if I don't, why? Where do I go? What do I say? When is this door going to open for me? Is this something you want me to do right now? Because sometimes God says, I want you to do this, but I don't want you to do that. Paul says in Acts 16, 6 through 7, Paul and his companions travel, or Luke writes this, Paul and his companions travel through the region of, region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. God says, no, I want you to work here. This is where I want you to work. I want you to, I want you to minister to this person. I want you to minister in this church. I want you to minister in this time, in this place, to this town. Sometimes in prayer, we, we, we tell God our plans, right? <laughs> God says, okay, okay, all right, I got something else for you. He says, trust me, I've got this worked out ahead of time. You just do what I want. You go where I say. We need to pray about this. We either believe in prayer or we don't, church. If we don't believe in the power of prayer for guidance, then it doesn't make much sense to participate in prayer. We're not going to be, see the results anyway. It is our faith that gives prayer its power. Remember, prayer prepares us to receive the work of God in our lives. That's what prayer does. It doesn't inform God. He already knows. It prepares us to receive how He's going to work in our lives. If living missionally, if the missions of this church, if spreading the message, talking about the message of reconciliation through Jesus Christ is not something that we talk to God about. If it's not something we pray about, it's not something we care about, don't do it. Don't do it. I can't imagine, I can't imagine preaching a sermon and not praying about that sermon. I'm just going to get up here and mess it up. Even worse than I've already messed it up. Don't do it if you don't pray about it. Number two, power. This means two things. Number one, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Not our own eloquence, not our own ingenuity but the Holy Spirit moving, propelling us, helping us in what we do and what we say. The other thing about power is manpower, manpower. At some point, we need to go. At some point, you need to be the boots on the ground. At some point, you need to confront that coworker and say, hey, let's talk. Let's go to lunch, man. There's got to be manpower involved in this. It may be going to your own family first. It may be going to a coworker or friend. It may be going around the world, but you need to be there. Third most important thing is practice. Practice. Recognizing the importance of living missionally needs to be a common practice in our lives. It needs to be as much a part of our lives as going to church on Sunday morning. It doesn't mean that you need to live on the Serengeti or in the Brazilian rainforest. But it does mean that you need to live as a going witness for Jesus Christ. It cannot be extra. It has to be taken seriously. The apostles took it seriously. The early church took it seriously. And that hasn't changed today. Practice also means you're not going to get it perfect the first time. You're not going to get it perfect the hundredth time. But that shouldn't be a reason for you to stop. The more we tell, the more we tell. The more we go, the more we go. The more it's made a practice in our lives, the more comfortable we get with being an ambassador for Christ. And finally, the purse. I wanted to say generosity, but I had all P's, so I went with the purse. Uh, that is support. And that represents a lot of things. Time, treasure, and talent. Not just time, not just treasure, not just talent. Time, treasure, and talent. 
This is support in all areas of living missionally. Maybe I can't go, but I can still be a part of this mission. Maybe I can't be there, but I can still support. Maybe I can't be the boots on the ground, but I can still tell. I can still talk. I can still give, and I can still encourage. I can still pray about this mission. I can still support on this end the importance of the message of reconciliation. You know, at some point, church, specifically, I think, when it comes to being Christ ambassadors, when it comes to living missionally, I think we need to ask ourselves, what do I have to do to get in the game? What do I have to do to get in the game? You see, one of the big problems in the church from the very beginning, but especially today, is we want to be on the team, but not in the game, right? We want to be on the team, but we don't actually want to be in the game. Because when you get in the game, particularly uh, maybe a football game, you're going to get hit. It's going to hurt. You're going to be running. You're going to be moving. You're going to be winded. It's going to be difficult. We want to be on the team, but we don't want to get in the game. At some point, you need to get in the game because I guarantee you, at the end, when victory is won, you're going to, be, you're going to want to be the ones that was in the game. I, I, I made a mistake one time when I was a kid. One time. A sophomore in high school. We were playing a ball game. And it was, it was a long ball game. I mean, we were in about inning 13, I think. Honestly, 12 or 13. This thing was going on forever. And it was a close game. And I remember like it was yesterday. I was on one end of the bench. We were in waiting to, uh, you know, it was our turn to bat. I was on one end of the bench. Coach was on the other end of the bench. We got three outs. We're heading out to the field. And, uh, but right before we went out into the field, he put in a pinch hitter for me. Now, I wasn't the best hitter in the world, but I was doing okay that day. He put in a pinch hitter for me. And I looked down at him, and believe it or not, and this is going to come as a shock, I smarted off to him, okay? And now it's our turn to take the field. And I didn't even put up a fight when he looked down and he said, Johnny, not you, stay here. Thirteen innings we're into this thing. Really? Here's the thing, we won the game. And I will remember forever going back into that locker room and that coach standing in front of that team and for my benefit, looks at the team and says, for those of you who played the whole game, I'm proud of you. Message received. Message received. Trust me, I guarantee you when victory is shown, when victory is won, church, you're going to want to be in the game. And you get to do that living missionally. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for this gift. We thank you that you've challenged us, that we can be ambassadors, that we have beautiful feet. Help us to utilize what you've given us to spread the message of reconciliation through Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing.
tell, that we might go, that we might talk, that we might utilize these beautiful feet that you have given us, that we might talk to others about being reconciled through Jesus, whether it's one or around the world, Father. We know that our job is to live missionally. Help us, Father, in that endeavor. In Jesus' name.